get them for you. We're live from Worthington, Ohio. Ah, here he is. Wow, I came up as the uh, live stream song started downstairs. I thought I had time. Well, I just finished the minutes. live thingy. Yeah. Do, 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 do. Like a two-minute difference. Yes, dear. Well, thanks to Darren, you can hear that. Thank you, I was Darren. here for 20 minutes trying to get the audio to just work. Do the same thing I've been doing for however many years, and all of a sudden it doesn't work. So Darren found me a workaround. That's Our a, tech that's, people. That's the life of IT, workarounds. Yeah. So, onliners, welcome. I got a notification that Bible Believers Fellowship has started their live stream. You did? So, we're on. And, so everybody... That might, I'm going, maybe I should put a sign on the TV down there that telling everybody that they need to give themselves no, two and a half minutes I, instead I, of. I have verbal like I'm just saying that every week I think some people think they're. Yeah. Yeah. Page 21 in the praise book. We're going to do two in the praise book and one in the hymn book. Well, and that's another thing I wanted to get around to do. Thank you for passing those out. This song is from the Psalms. This is the day that the Lord hath made. Let's see if I can find it here. There's a reason. Psalm 118.24. This is the day. Don't drive me out. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. That's uh, Psalm 118.24. And if you look at the context, uh, he's talking about the Messiah and his coming kingdom. And a lot of people wake up in the morning, it's a nice sunshiny day, and they're, this is the day which the Lord hath made. Well, they're not wrong. <laughs> but the verse is uh, talking about what we're going to be studying tonight. Just to give you a little context there. I think all of you are well aware of how important context is. If not, they're not listening, are they? All right, so let's sing. Uh, this is the day. This is the day. This is the day. Which the Lord hath made. Which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice. Yeah. 
Yeah. 
playing the uh, tambourine, he liked the song. <laughs> Technically, they sing that like the Jews, like after Leviticus, because it's all about blood. Yeah. Leviticus is all about blood. Mm -hmm. All right, raise your hand if you want a fair card. You want them to bring those around? Mm -hmm. Onliners, BBFOhio at protonmail.com. Get these uh, quests. Evening, everybody. I'm praying for you, Katie Ryan. If you'd like to get your Bibles open, <clears throat> I'm a little congested. These major uh, temperature changes wreak havoc on me. I don't know about you. <clears throat> we go from 65 yesterday to 24 as a low today or something. Just a little bit of a swing. <clears throat> All right, and I will. I want to say this before we get into just so uh, there's some onliners who may not be aware, but my dad went to be with the Lord about 4:15 p.m. <clears throat> today, and uh, if he was not saved, I would not be here right now. <laughs> if my dad wasn't saved, I'd probably be home just bawling like a baby. But um, my whole life, I've known my dad as a believer. I was telling Jenny on the way in here, you know, the uh, <clears throat> the uh, uh, Miller House on Sundays and Wednesdays were at church. Most of my childhood, Monday evenings was a Wana, approved workman, needed not to be ashamed. Amen. Approved workmen are not ashamed of one. Mm -hmm. right. <clears throat> um, I didn't like everything about uh, uh, church. I wasn't saved. <laughs> um, but you know what? You're never going to find a perfect church anyway. If you ever do, don't go there. You'll run it. <laughs> Amen? Uh, yep. Amen. So uh, dad always had us in church and, you know, uh, it was my generation, I believe, that really started to have all the uh, school function on church nights on purpose. Exactly. They knew Sundays and Wednesdays the Bible-believing crowd would have church, so they started scheduling the sports stuff. Right. And a lot of parents went along with it, but Bob Miller didn't. And at the time, it really ticked me off. <laughs> but uh, I, later on, I told him, I said, you, you were, the only thing I would have done different is I just would have took my kids out of the schools. 
put them in a Christian school and let them have sports and everything in the Christian schools. And uh, they, there was one down there, but it was it was a distance and a different, you know, financial considerations. But but uh, taking that stand, I agree with him, and um, uh, he uh, he made sure we knew the fundamental truths of Christianity. And uh, my mom and dad both, you know, of course, they both talked about Jesus and discussed his, the gospel, his death, burial, and resurrection. Uh, we grew up believing in the any moment rapture. And so when I did get saved at the age of 19, I treated them like dirt for several years. And I walked through the door and... Uh, they met me at the front door because I told them I needed to talk to them. And they, I think they thought I might be probably in trouble. <laughs> and like I was going to tell them I was getting ready to go up the river or something, you know. Because <clears throat> mom was really worried. But, uh, you know, I got there and I said, I just told them I, I got saved. Um, and I said, and the first thing I wanted to say to you was, I'm sorry for what I've put you through. <laughs> Amen. All those gray hairs they have. <laughs> I claim a lot of them. <laughs> And um, that was it. They forgave. And uh, I heard a lot about it through the years. You know? <laughs> but they never held a grudge, didn't hold anything against me. We had a great relationship from that point on as adult children of uh, my two parents and my brother and sister. Have similar stories uh, uh, as far as our relationship with them through the years. And we're human beings. We had our ups and downs and uh, good times and bad and everything, but uh, knowing that he's saved, knowing that he's with the Lord. Uh, you know, when my grandma died last year, it's been uh, 11 months now, and everybody knew how close I, I was to her. A bunch of her grandkids felt that way, by the way. Uh, we loved our grandma. Uh, but I, I never did have that moment that I thought would probably hit where I just break down and boo-hoo. Still haven't, because I can't get over knowing where she's at. Mm -hmm. And the same thing I think with my dad. I, you know, I cried a little bit. I shed tears, but uh, I just can't get over Jesus <laughs> and where my dad is right now, Amen. and what he's experiencing, and what kind of a what foolishness he would say it is for me to boohoo about it. You know, when I went down there and visiting this last time especially, it was just, I prayed, Lord, have mercy. That was a simple prayer, but that's, why well, I didn't have to say anything more than that. We, we have a merciful God. And uh, he took him quick. He didn't, he didn't linger for months, you know. And we had, he gave us enough time. You know, I could get down there and spend time with him before that, Wade and his kids and, and Trish, uh, my sister-in-law and my sister who's been an incredible uh, help and uh, her husband Russ, uh, he didn't come up this last time but he had been there you know, right up to then and we all had our time with them and so you can't ask for anything more than that so I just thought you'd like to know that much uh, that uh, that's how I feel about it um, I'm just thinking about Jenny wrote a song um Today is your first day in heaven. Amen. No more 
No more pain. Pain and no, no more tears. <laughs> and the, I think it's the second chorus starts out with a line, Today is the first day you saw Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that's just the kind of thing going through my mind with my dad. And it's hard Amen. to get it's hard to get mopey about it. <laughs> just Amen. Uh, I think it I told him uh, I'm and I told I was talking to Jim a little bit. In and out. I'm not sure what I said that really registered. He was he was in and out. He Alzheimer's and all that. But I said, you know, wouldn't it be funny if you die and uh, the next day we get raptured? Yeah, he would. <laughs> that's real funny. And that's that's. It's funny too because there were a couple of times we cracked jokes when I was picking on my sister, and uh, he stops and he says, "It's not funny." <laughs> so that's enough. I just want to give you that uh, bit of an update, and I appreciate all the prayers. But continue to pray for our family, and especially my mom. Would have been 59 years in July, married. So. Uh, that's a special thing right there. Can't wait to sing the rest of that song, Dad. Hmm? Oh, yeah. Can't wait to sing the rest of that song. Yeah. That was like awesome. Yeah, I'll sing that. Yeah, she does it as a special. It's not, it's not really meant for uh, congregational, but uh, if you can sing that Sunday. <clears throat> All right, before we get into our current events update, that's why we're just going to go and, Dad, you know, my grandma said the same thing. They... Any believer, when they pass away, they don't want you to do anything but keep serving the Lord. Right. I guarantee you, if, if they could peek down and say something, get busy. Yeah, and it'd be great if it's hand, because it's going to happen real fast, oh, real yeah. soon. <laughs> so song, I'll, I'll fly away. Yeah. I like that song a lot. So, please do not talk over the speaker or video clips. Just wanted to throw that out there. There are times where I know you get excited about things and everything, but it affects people here and online. So I just want to add that to our comments here. While we're doing the... Now, during comments, you can say whatever you want, of course. After, if you hold your question and comments to the end of... So number one, Israel War, 228-24, day 145... Still 134 hostages by the official count remain. And Biden and his administration are lying about a ceasefire for hostage deal. If you're hearing that, you're probably watching fake news. But uh, there, it's a big lie. Well, I hope by the, the beginning of the weekend. I mean, the end of the weekend. At least hey, my, my, my national security advisor tells me that we're close. We're close. It's not done yet. And my hope is by next Monday, we'll have a ceasefire. Yeah. Baloney. Both sides, actually. The Hamas spokespeople and, and uh, the Israel's uh, military uh, spokespeople, they're both saying that... Um, Biden and his administration are all saying this. They don't use the word lie, I don't think. So I want to be fair about that. But if you listen to what they say, that's what they're saying. Um, this is an example 
of one of the uh, reports. This is from the, um, I, I called him the assassination press because they spent a lot of time trying to assassinate Donald Trump's uh, presidency, the AP. They're, they're a joke, but they, they did say this. Israel and Hamas indicate no deal is imminent after Biden signals Gaza ceasefire could be close. Well, it's not close. Small print down there says U.S. President Joe Biden says Israel would be willing to hold its war on Hamas in Gaza during the upcoming Muslim fasting month of Ramadan. <laughs> no such thing. Just, they're just blowing hot air, which she does a lot of. And as part of this whole anti-Israel, anti-Jew effort, leftists, both religious, political leftists, hate the God of the Bible. They hate Bible-believing Christians, but they hate Jews, period. Amen. They just hate the Jews. Um, this is just the most recent thing that happened to, uh, today at UC Berkeley. A violent mob forced Jewish students to evacuate through a tunnel. They were screaming, yelling at them, threatening them. A universal spokesperson described the protest as despicable and confirmed damage to a door and multiple windows. Um, but... They project. They will tell you that the Trump, MAGA, conservative, right-wingers, whatever, you know, whatever category you fall in there, you're the Nazis. But they're the ones who are literally imitating the Nazis in their hatred and attacks on Jews, just like the Nazis in Germany. And my response to the anti-Israel crowd accusing Jews of genocide is return the hostages until then shut your damned mouth. Amen. 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 Now, I just want you to understand that's not cussing. Cussing is when you use that word and you're not using it honestly and biblically. But they, these people, the Bible says those uh, whose mouths curse Israel are damned. Damned, if you get your thesaurus out, and I know Jenny Albaugh has one at all times. <laughs> a, two, a couple of synonyms are accursed or cursed. Amen. Damned. Well, what's it say? Genesis 27, 29. And I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee. To be cursed is to be damned. Again, Genesis 27, 29. Jacob uh, is being blessed. This is, Cursed be everyone that curseth thee. Everyone that curseth thee. Talking about Israel. And uh, Psalm 109, 2. For the mouth of the wicked and the mouth of the deceitful are opened against me. This is a prophetic uh, psalm that has a dual application to Israel and the Messiah. And it says, the mouth of the wicked and the mouth of the deceitful are opened against me. They have spoken against me with a lying tongue. That certainly describes these people, these anti-Jew, anti-Israel people. When he shall be judged, this is the same song. He says, talking about these same people. When he shall be judged, let him be condemned. Synonym for damned. And let his prayer become sin. You see all these fake apostate churches with all their 
sanctimonious prayers, blessing out of one side of the mouth and cursing Israel out of the other. James describes that. Again, in verse 17, the same song. As he loved cursing, so let it come unto him. So that's why you, I'm just telling anybody who comes at me about this, whether it's in person or on social media or wherever it is, email, I just respond. And I said, I don't care what you say, you call it genocide, you're a liar. And until they return the hostages, shut your damned mouth. And according to Revelation 19, Jesus is about to return and he's going to kill all of you. Same psalm, verse 18. As he clothed himself with cursing, like as with a garment, so let it come into his bowels like water and like oil into his bones. You and I don't have to curse these people, folks. We just have to pronounce the fact that they're cursed. God does the cursing. Amen. Now, I'm not damning anyone. I am, I'm stating the fact as a warning. And that's how you and I should all approach this when you talk to these people. Because we are never going to apologize for standing with Israel. Yes, there are times where Israel does things that I don't agree with, just like my own government most of the time does. But I'm an American. I stand with America. And if they have a war like the war against Iraq, which was nothing but a Federal Reserve uh, globalist war then I'm going to speak out against it. But I'm not going to speak out against America having a right to exist, and I'm not going to side with the enemies. And that's what these people are doing with Israel. We stand with Israel. Amen? Amen. Amen. Number two, just a real quick now, snapshots of end time insanity. Did you know Mary Poppins is now having the rating shifted to parental guidance? over discriminatory language over in Europe. The word, I, I, this, I posted this because I couldn't find anybody telling what, it's because they used the term Hottentots in the movie. What in the? Hottentots. Oh, how, how could that word even come out of your mouth? <laughs> <laughs> they say it's cultural insensitivity. Uh, and I think it's re referring to an African group or country. Yes. But uh, they were a little I had no idea when I watched it. I didn't know that was who. Yeah. Not that I watched that more than once in my life. But. <laughs> Another one. Taylor Swift. I'm a Christian, and people with real values kill babies. She's a Christian and says that if you have Christian values, you support abortion. That's from LifeNews.com. You can look up the, uh, the article. Over the one thing... Out. But this is just another example. This is the insanity. This woman has a degree. She's not only graduated from high school, she graduated from college. And what you're about to hear come out of her mouth is one of the most stupid things any so-called American will ever say in their lifetime. Listen. The one thing that unites all of them, because there's many different groups orbiting Trump, but the thing that unites them as Christian nationalists, not Christians, by the way, 
because Christian nationalists is very different, mm -hmm. is that they believe that our rights as Americans, as all human beings, don't come from any earthly authority. They don't come from Congress. They don't come from the Supreme Court. They come from God. The oh, yeah. Wow. Wow. According to her, if you believe that your rights are derived from God and not from government, you're a Christian nationalist. And you're not a Christian. And that's different from being Christian. According to that, then, all the founding fathers were Christian naturalists. Because the Declaration of Independence says, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. How crazy. <laughs> I mean, just the public schools, grade school and high school, but a lot of the private schools too. And all the state-run colleges and most of the private colleges and most of the so-called Christian colleges and seminaries cesspools of stupidity. Amen. You waste your money when you go to those schools. There's only a handful of decent schools left in the entire country. And there's thousands of them and there's only a handful of good ones. Now, um, even like Liberty University, which has its problems... But you give them their, you give them credit where it's due. The people come out of there. I've met them. I've talked to them. They know these things. They don't come out that bad, you know. What I'm saying. But I rarely meet a graduate of a state school that knows anything about the Constitution. Can tell you the basics about the Declaration of Independence. So, you know, know much of anything about even the history of our country or anything. And like that, college-educated journalist, you will find. That college-educated teachers, preachers, and scientists are among some of the dumbest people you will ever meet. Amen. Amen. For 30 years, I've seen college graduates are some of the dumbest people I've ever worked with and had to work for or deal with. You go to the state of Ohio, get a Freedom of Information Act, pull the emails, and go through there and see... The kind of ridiculous, illiterate garbage sent out by some of the highest paid people in the state. And they can't even write sentences with correct punch punctuation. After that for the private sector. I can only I can just imagine it's all throughout our culture right now. Because they graduate people without caring about their real education. It's all about indoctrination. It's about turning them into social justice warriors and that sort of thing. People talk. I want you to see this. This is a scientist, but you can see he's an older guy, lamenting the horrible condition of science in our colleges and universities. People talk glibly about science. What is science? People coming out of a university with a master's degree or a PhD, you take them into the field and they, they literally don't believe anything unless it's a peer-reviewed paper. It's the only thing they accept. And you say to them, but let's observe, let's think, let's discuss. They don't do it. It's just, is it in a peer-reviewed paper or not? That's their view of science. I think it's pathetic. Gone into universities as bright young people, they come out of them brain dead, not even knowing what science means.
They think it means peer-reviewed papers, etc. No, that's academia. And if a paper is peer-reviewed, it means everybody thought the same, therefore they approved it. An unintended consequence is that when new knowledge emerges, new scientific insights, they can never, ever be peer-reviewed. So we're blocking all new advances in science that are big advances. If you look at the breakthroughs in science, almost always they don't come from the center of that profession. They come from the fringe. The finest candle makers in the world couldn't even think of electric lights. They don't come from within. They often come from outside the brakes. We're going to kill ourselves because of stupidity. Exactly. Yeah. So that gives you your current events update, a little perspective. Be informed, pray, and act accordingly. Mark, you're first. Okay. There's a group that I listened to when I was a kid in the Motown groups. And I think one of them stated in one of the songs that said, Educated fools are not educated schools. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A group that I think is satanic and queer is Pink Floyd. But they had that song, We Don't Need No Education. We Don't Need No Thought Control. That's one of the better lines in a rock song right there. Yeah, Brian? Yeah, what you mentioned about the illiteracy in the government to the highest levels, and I see it in corporate America, it's really bad because Americans are so stupid, it's embarrassing. Because even people that I see at the top of the food chain, in terms of the hierarchy, make idiotic mistakes in writing and speaking that people that speak English is our fifth language we've never made. It's embarrassing. <laughs> I just got an email yesterday where I couldn't even tell if someone was asking me a question to which their boss layered on top of that to clarify the question that still wasn't clarified that I got another clarification from their boss. Mm -hmm. It's absurd. Yeah. It doesn't make you just want to thunk, you know, when you... <laughs> John. Yeah, and the... Uh... In the 1990s, I used to work as a business forum uh, artist. And I used to do all the report cards for the city of Columbus. And I can't tell you how many miswords, how many misspellings, uh, sentences that were sentences. Mm -hmm. And I had to correct all of them mm -hmm. before I could produce the, the product for them. Yeah. Been a long time coming. Mary, you'll be my last one. I just want to know was that real about the ice cream cones? <laughs> That yeah, that was real. I mean, they zoomed in and made it black and white for effect, but it was real. That really happened. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get into our Bible study, the Word of Prayer. Ask Brother Johnny, if you would, in the back. Open the Bible study of prayer. So, dear Lord, just thank you. Continue to preserve us here in America in spite of how crazy everything's getting. We just pray you'll bless the sermon here so we can learn from your word and be more hopefully be more ready to endure through all this. And we thank you for all you've done. We pray you'll bless us and, and just bless our time here this evening. Amen. 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 All right, we'll be in Micah chapter four, verses three and four. The Lord of hosts hath spoken it. So we're continuing our study in Micah 4 from last week, and we're giving info about conditions during the millennial reign. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, yeah, and, and by the way, we're, we're going to compare Scripture with Scripture, but we're not going to go out and just find everything the Bible says on the millennium reign, millennial reign because we'd be here until the millennium, you know, to cover all the material. But in our text, we're going to look at Michael, Micah 4, verses 3 and 4. Micah 4, verses 3 and 4. I'll read 3, and then you join me, verse 4. And he shall judge among my, many people and rebuke strong nations afar off, and they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up a sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. But they shall sit every man under his vine and under his fig tree, and none shall make them afraid, for the mouth of the Lord of hosts hath spoken it. Amen? So Micah now tells us about life during the kingdom age. We'll start with a couple of clarifications and introduction, and then we're going to look at the governance in verse 3 and the peace and prosperity in verse 4. So start with the clarifications from the last study. had uh, two or three people who were a little confused on this. So I want to clarify this. Pre-tribulational uh, belief, and all these are from being a dispensationalist, basically. Uh, you'll find some who aren't that hold these same views. But um, dispensationalists believe that the Bible is laid out, and we showed the chart, and that uh, each dispensation begins with promise and ends with apostasy every time and, and uh, we're in the uh, sixth uh, dispensation at this time and we believe it ends with the rapture and then after the rapture we go back to the 70 weeks of Daniel which only had 69 weeks so far there's one more week in Daniel's 70th week is after the rapture that'll be seven years Sometime between the rapture and the beginning of the seven-year tribulation, we don't know how much time is going to be in there, but it's not. we don't believe it's going to be a long period of time. So you have the tribulation, a short amount of time, the confirmation of the covenant. This is all in Daniel 9, 24 to 27. Go out and get our studies in the book of Daniel if you want to download that into your cerebral cortex or whatever they call it. And then uh, <laughs> at the time of that confirmation of the covenant between the Antichrist, Israel, and the world system, then that begins the countdown to the return of Jesus Christ. At the end of that, then he returns and comes to the earth. But the rapture and the second coming, or the rapture and return, if you will, are two different events. The rapture, he comes in the air. The return, he lands on the earth. The rapture, we're all caught up. The return, we come with him back down. The rapture, we go up and then we're in his presence. We get our glorified bodies. Then we go with him for the marriage supper of the Lamb. The judgment seat of Christ, I believe, comes first. Then the marriage supper of the Lamb. And then we return. We, we go up just like he went up in Acts chapter 1. When we come back, we come back on white horses. Amen. So there's a lot of differences. We know there are different events. We believe in the pre-tribulation rapture. There are some people who believe that three and a half years into the tribulation there's a rapture. Some believe it's pre-wrath, so it's like somewhere like five, six years. Some believe in the post-trib rapture. Um, that's the difference there. We are pre-tribulation. But what we were talking about last week wasn't about the rapture. It was about the millennium. And the millennium is that 1,000-year period that commences when Jesus returns with us to this earth and establishes his kingdom. We believe that's a literal event. 
And that is called premillennialism. Right. Millennial kingdom, millennialism. And we are premillennial because we believe Jesus comes at the beginning and sets it up and rules for a thousand years. The amillennial, like us, believe that at any moment this is all over as far as our time on earth, but they don't believe in a literal thousand year kingdom to come. And they make Nero the Antichrist and do all kinds of things like that. They spiritualize and, and allegorize and, and they all disagree on what's what. It's just kind of a messy system like that. But they don't believe in a literal thousand year kingdom. So they're all millennial. Just like a atheist or atheist. A in front of something means there is nothing after that. So no theist means no God. Agnostic means no knowledge. <laughs> and so... That's what amillennial means, no millennium. But there is a small group who believe that the church is going to conquer the world and rule the world for a thousand years. And then Jesus returns at the end of it to hand out trophies or something. And that's as crazy. It sounds, I'm not, I know they wouldn't say it that way, but when you read it, you'd be shaking your head. It's like, you've got to be kidding me. But that's what they believe. So that's what I want everybody to understand the difference of pre-tribulational and pre-millennial. It's not that hard. I'm just going to tell you right now, everybody in this room, you're smart enough to know this. It's just either you don't care or you're lazy. Otherwise, you'll learn these things. Because you need to understand these things. If you're worried about being able to give a decent representation of your beliefs to others, you need to learn these things. I'll guarantee you Satan's crowd learns those words. So um, another thing was, we were talking about one of the songs I showed a video, and I told you there was a one that was actually a little better. This is what we're simulating what it's going to be like. If, when you're raptured, you're looking down at the earth. Okay? So everybody can see this. Look, it, it's blanked out. Look at the screen. Ready? Yes. The trumpet sounds. Come up hither. Whoa. And now we're on our way out of the, beyond the Milky Way and through the universe, and that's where this ends. Isn't that cool? Amen. <laughs> yep, that's what's going to happen. One more time. <laughs> Maybe you'll have this in your dreams. Oh, come up in there. <laughs> Amen. I will know what faster than that one. What makes you think it's got to be faster than that? You just went past the Milky Way. Right now, at the speed of light, it'd take about 100,000 years to get that far. Twi and the twinkling You're going faster than you think. That's faster than you think. To get right there, to look back on the Milky Way, would take you 100,000 years at the speed of light. That's how fast that is. What, eh? In the twinkling of an eye. In the twinkling of an eye, to gather in the sky, but to travel beyond that, there's nothing. We don't know. Yeah, yeah, well, we'll we're going to go fast enough that we'll get to heaven before the tribulation starts. <laughs> At that speed, you're going to get there real soon. Just telling you. So anyway, so maybe you're just hard-headed and you, i got to deal with it. I thought it was cool. I think it is cool. It's like Toledo, Ohio. One last thing. Kingdom of Israel border map. Somebody asked about this again. So if you, you can go out online to our website and you download this. But that's the Nile River of Egypt. Then over to the other side, that red line is the Euphrates. Okay. Now the southern border goes way down about halfway through the Red Sea and goes cuts across because that's how it's described. 
Um, and I don't have the text there, but uh, we've, we've gone over those before. But that's what the millennial Israel will look like. It's not going to look like that beforehand. But when Jesus rules and reigns, that's how big Israel will be. Yeah, Johnny? Well, maybe this is my imagination, but the shape of the of the, the map there with the rivers and everything kind of looks like a, a guy behind a pulpit about to read something. <laughs> or a king on the throne. All right, well, we'll have psychology class with Ink Watts <laughs> some other time. I don't see anything, but... Okay. You know, whatever you're smoking, I'm just kidding. <laughs> wow. All right, so now to the text, verse 3, and this is building on last week's study. So if you missed last week, you need to go back and listen to it. Uh, our studies are meant for people who will go verse by verse with us through the Bible. And so if you skip and jump, you're not going to get a lot of things because it builds. And that's how God wrote it in Dennis for, for us to study but verse 3 begins there and says, And he shall judge among many people and rebuke strong nations uh, afar off. Jesus tells us that when he returns, he will judge the nations. That's how this millennial kingdom is going to start. This isn't the great white throne judgment. A lot of people will try to make it that. Matthew 25. Look at there real quick. Matthew 25, verses 31 to 46. I'll read a few verses here. Matthew 25, beginning of verse 31, tells us the context. When the Son of Man shall come in His glory, and all the holy angels with Him, then shall He sit upon the throne of His glory. If you're there, read 32 with me. And before Him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. Now, if you keep your finger there and you look at our text back in verse 3 of Micah 4, it says, And he shall do what? Judge among many people and rebuke strong nations. Who, what are we looking at here? Nations. Isn't that what your Bible says in verse 32? Yeah. And before him shall be gathered all nations. nations. But it'll be nations, it'll be individual people. So, Verse 3 is right when it says people, but also nations, because that's how it breaks down. That's cool. So look at verse 33, and he shall set the sheep on his right hand. That's why we're all called right-wingers. <laughs> <laughs> but the goats on the left. That's not an accident. I, you know, I, I've told people through the years, I've heard preachers joke about it. I don't think it's a joke at all. I think it's by design. There's a reason why the devil's crowd even calls you right-wingers. Because we're right. And they like to be called leftists. Because they know they're goats. Jesus sat down on the right hand. Yeah, Jesus is on the right hand, not on the left hand. Yeah, that's not, I, I believe it. There's, it's there for a reason. Then verse 34, then shall the what? The king. king. So it's the same context. Well, we're talking about Micah chapter 4. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand. Right hand. Come, ye blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Now, uh, he's going to be nice to these people. Verse 35, For I was hungered, and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me in. This is reminding me, I always take care of my dad, you know, the last few days, and he just wanted water. And it's this constant thing, oh, I don't need water. You know, give him water. And uh, my brother went over and 
uh, give him water because no one was sitting next to him at the moment. And I said, great is your reward. Jesus said to give a, even, as much as a cup of water in my name, you'll be rewarded. Amen. <laughs> but uh, we could do that for strangers too. We've done that many times. We've gone into, and I'm not tooting my arm, I'm talking about my, my people, uh, church family, going into nursing homes to people whose family neglect them, but they spend time with them and give them something to drink or whatever. That's It all plays into this. Verse uh, 36, naked and he clothed me. I was sick and he visited me. I was in prison and he came unto me. This has special application to those Jews that are going to be imprisoned and killed during the tribulation period. There's going to be a bunch of Gentiles that are going to help them out. There'll be uh, Some of them will be Christians, but it that mean, this isn't for salvation. This is a judgment to get into the literal kingdom. Mm -hmm. So they may not be believers, but they don't have the mark. And they've been good to the Jews. How many people right, know people right now who aren't saved and they're good to the Jews? Mm -hmm. Well, if they do that during the uh, tribulation, that'll get them into the millennium. Now, they can rebel at the end or rebel at some point during the millennium and they still will lose out. But if they go in the millennium and they stay faithful... To the Lord, they'll be saved. Then verse 37, Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee in hunger, and fed thee, or thirsty, and gave thee drink? Verse 38, When saw we thee a stranger, and took thee in, or naked, and clothed thee? Verse 39, Or when saw we thee sick, or in prison, and came unto thee? And this is what, we love this answer. Read 40 with me. And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. That's a Jew named Jesus talking about his brethren who are Jews. Now I believe it's applicable if you're good to anybody, but if you, uh, Galatians talk about especially those of the household of God, you'll be rewarded for that. But at this judgment, it's all about those Jews. Doug? Yeah, well, we used to read read this uh, during during our uh, during our jail ministry. Yeah, yeah, and like I said, it's got application generally speaking, but the actual context is tribulation Jews. Right. Uh, look at forty one. Then shall he say also unto them on the depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Well, verse uh, 42, for I was in hunger and you gave me no meat. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you took me not in, naked and you clothed me not, sick and in prison and you visited me not. Verse 44, then shall they also answer him saying, Lord, when saw we thee in hunger or a thirst or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister unto thee? 45, then shall he answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as ye did it not to one of the least of these, ye did it not to me. Read 46, and these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal. Now, back to verse 3, what's it say? He's going to judge among many people, and he says, and rebuke strong nations afar off. That's what you just read. He starts the tribulation with bringing the sheep in and rebuking the nations that were against Israel. That's what you're reading there in verse 3. So then it continues, verse 3, and they shall beat their swords into plowshares. That means they'll use what they were using for war, they'll use it for farming. 
and their spears into pruning hooks. So this is exactly what the prophet Isaiah said. We've talked about this parallel thing, but this is pretty uh, exact here. Go to Isaiah chapter 2. We, we covered this about 130 weeks ago in Sunday school. <laughs> Isaiah 2 verse 4. And what do you see there? Did you think you got back to Micah 4 verse 3 again? <laughs> Read it. And he shall judge among the nations and shall rebuke many people and they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. Now, who's quoting who here? Because it's the exact same thing. Isaiah and Micah are saying the same thing. They're both simply quoting God. Amen. <laughs> you actually hear debates about that. You're like, just, you know, it's God's word. They're prophets speaking God's word. It makes sense they'd be quoting each other, you know, or at least quoting the same thing from the original author. That's what's happening. United Nations Plaza's granite staircase, right across the street from the United Nations in New York City, has this same quote, and it's attributed to Isaiah. If you go there, you'll see a picture. Here you see the wall. Here's a picture of that. And uh, on the wall is a Bible verse. United Nations now. Isn't that pretty impressive? If you look there, it says, They shall beat their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. Isn't that, it's pretty impressive, except what's missing? Less than the reference? The first part. Judgment. <laughs> Wouldn't you know? They'd and, and rebuke. Add out the part where God's going to rebuke them and judge them. That's what that really is. And all, and he shall judge the among the nations, united nations, and shall rebuke many people. <laughs> so that's why they cut that out. They didn't want to be, uh, you know. So back to our text then, that uh, in, in Micah where uh, he says the same thing as... Uh, Isaiah, but he's, they're both quoting God. Nation shall not lift up a sword against nation. That is exactly the opposite of what is happening today, which is another reason we believe the rapture has to be getting close. I mean, let's look what Jesus said over Mark about these last days that matches what we're seeing here, uh, the opposite of what's going to happen in the millennium. Mark 13, 7 and 8. Page turn. Mark 13, 7 and 8. Jesus said, And we when ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, be ye not troubled, for such things must needs be, but the end shall not be yet. Why? Read verse 8 with me. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be earthquakes in diverse places. And there shall be famines and troubles. These are the beginnings of sorrows. We're seeing the beginnings of sorrows right now. When Jesus returns, that'll be the end of wars. That'll be the end of the nation against nation. But before that, and before the rapture, we're seeing exactly what the Bible tells us we should be seeing. The Bible is always right on. If you're... If you are reading the Bible and you're thinking, well, wait a minute, that's not what's going on here. Well, there's something wrong with your 
thinking. It's not the Bible that is the problem. Now, I warn against this. We don't, some people go too far, and there's some of these so-called prophecy ministries, and everything that happens in the newspaper, they try to find a Bible verse for it. Remember 9-11 happened, and they found in Isaiah referred to the towers falling, and suddenly that was, how many of you saw that? You remember that? Yeah. You remember that? 9-11, the towers of Isaiah? Yeah. Some of you? Raise your hand. Let me see. Okay, I just want to make sure you weren't in a coma. Because <laughs> it was everywhere. All, a bunch of these prophecy teachers were quoting that verse, and it didn't have anything to do with New York City. Yeah. You know? So you've got to be careful of that. But when you're reading your Bible, and you're thinking, wow, that's happening. You know, then you know you're 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 on to something there. I mean, as it was in the days of Lot, the whole alphabet rainbow people and all that. Just one of the examples. But here's the world's ongoing conflicts according to the Council on Foreign Relations. They're a bunch of globalists, but they think they're going to do, put away uh, these conflicts through their plan. See, they, the Council on Foreign Relations and the Bilderbergers and these guys that get it together at the Bohemian Grove and the Club of Rome and uh, the, the Trilateral Commission and the Jesuits and the Masons. And, you know, you got to... Satan doesn't put all of his eggs in one basket. So don't be surprised that there's a thousand groups out there all working really for the same goal. And really what's kept them from succeeding is pride and greed. Everybody wants to be the big cheese and they fight each other. They want the same thing, and eventually, though, one guy's going to step up and take over. But if you look at the map, I'm not going to take time to go through all this, but just you can look every one of those lines to the right is a different war going on. Mm. Why are you only hearing about the one in uh, Ukraine? Why? Another Bible verse, 1 Timothy 6.10. Is that the right reference? What are you, what, what's it? Love of money is the root of all evil. Oh, yeah. It's all about the money. Yeah. You're hearing about Ukraine because they have to make you, they're trying to make you think we've got to send $100 billion over there every six weeks because it, it's a fight for democracy. Timothy 6.10. That's what I said. Yeah. So if you don't send $100 billion every time Congress gets together, we're going to lose democracy. Doesn't have anything to do with that. It's about the so-called military-industrial complex and a bunch of our congressmen and senators and other people who fund their campaigns making money. That's why they ignore almost everything on that list over there. They don't have a, you know, skin in that game, as they say. They're not going to make a buck. This is the other end of the other side of the world. You got the same thing, just different labels on it. We don't have time to go through it all. But that just gives you a visual. And that doesn't include the drug wars. The persecution of Christians all over the world. I mean, there's just all kinds of other conflicts going on that that didn't even address. So when Jesus said there'd be wars and rumors of wars, because we don't even know what's going on. We just hear about it through the grapevine, so to speak. News media doesn't cover it. Our government doesn't tell us anything. How do you hear about it? Rumors. <laughs> The Bible is so precise, right down to the very word to describe what's going on. Yeah. Rumors. <laughs> and then back to verse 3, it says, Neither shall they learn war anymore. That's what the humanists, the people who talk about the power of the human spirit and all that kind of stuff, that's what they think they're going to do on earth. They're going to bring peace 
All I am saying is give peace a chance. You know? I mean, they meant well, but it's not going to happen. We are the world. You know? <laughs> After Jesus returns, there will be one major conflict. That'll truly be the war to end all wars. That's at the end of the millennium. Jesus will put an end of all these wars and rumors of wars and for a thousand years peace and then there'll be one last war. And that's how they sold on getting America involved in World War I. It was the war to end all wars. 30 years later, we're in World War II. Then I can't remember how many uh, major conflicts and I think it's over 100. I mean, I can't remember the number since World War II that was supposed to end all wars. Look at Revelation 20. We get ready to wrap this up with the final verse there, or the fourth verse in our study. But Revelation 20, 7 through 9. Look what it says there. And when the thousand years are expired, that's the end of the millennial kingdom, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison. Why would God do that? Everybody asks me that all the time. I'm like, because he's got his reason for wanting to put Satan down one last time. He's given everybody in the millennium the same choice. He just made them wait a thousand years. But he's given them the same choice he gave you. Yep, that's right. The same choice he gave Adam and Eve. Amen. That's all it's about. Yep. If he didn't let Satan loose and give people real choice, it wouldn't be just. wouldn't be honest. You know, God's just and honest, perfect, holy. Amen. So verse 8. What does Satan do? And shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. Back in Isaiah, there's a Gog-Magog war. It's not the same as this. Just because they're the same names, that means the same war. Germany was in World War One. Germany was in World War Two. Obviously, they're the same war. Because Germany was in both. See, that's what they do with the Bible. There's two Gog-Magog conflicts. The first one, five out of six will be destroyed. It'll be a Muslim confederacy with Russia and, and uh, Turkey and other Muslim countries. Oh, this is going to be Gog-Magog and all the other nations. And it won't be five out of six. It'll be six out of six. Yeah. It's not the same. Yeah. So verse 9. And they went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about and the beloved city. Go ahead and read that with me. And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. <laughs> the end. <laughs> as far as war, that's it. That's the war to end all wars. But during the thousand year reign of Christ, there will be peace and prosperity. And that's what verse 4 is describing. But they shall sit every man under his vine and under his fig tree. And that's what kings and gurus and dictators and cult leaders, the United Nations, Marxism, and others have promised this same thing, and they've all failed. One of my favorite memes, somebody in the UK, I think, made this. Socialism. No, Never has one man been so celebrated for inspiring so much failure. Karl Marx. He was a failure, and he's in hell right now. And he has been responsible for tens of millions of people being killed. And he's never produced a successful government on the planet. Mm -hmm. Venezuela is Marxist. Yeah. 
It's the poster boy for Marxism. Go visit there and see what you think of that. And then verse 4 says, And none shall make them afraid, for the mouth of the Lord of hosts hath spoken it. Isn't that when they be gathered against Jerusalem, all the saints, and I believe we'll be there. Yeah, we'll be there. And the whole world gathered against us. You know what? We won't even need deodorant. <laughs> There'll be no sweating going on. We're going to look, Jim's going to look at her and say, Greg, watch this. <laughs> Remember this? I paid attention. <laughs> And we're just going to sit back and watch. And then we already read. He's going to speak and kill them all. We don't have to lift a finger. We're just going to watch. So there will be world peace under King Jesus. Not until then. And we know it because God said so. And over and over and over, whether we're talking about Bible prophecy or you're talking about your soul, it's about God's word. We know what's going on in the world. God is in control. Everything's going to work out the way he said because God said so and he never gets it wrong. And he said, you're saved by the blood. Amen. Amen. And if you have placed your faith in the death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, having repented toward God with faith toward the Lord Jesus Christ, you are eternally saved. Nothing can come between you and the love of God. Amen. Amen. Eternal life. You have it. It's not something you're hoping to get. You have it. Yep. And you know it. It's going to happen because God said so. Said and I tied in with it, you know, just to bring it full circle when I started with, with my dad. Uh, I know he was a believer. I know it. And I know where he is right now. Amen. And so I, I shed a tear. I'll, I'm sure I'll shed a few more over the next few days. And I'm, ten years from now, if the Lord's left me here. I'll probably get teary-eyed thinking about it. Amen. But it is, it's only because I want to be with him. Amen. I miss him, but I want to be with him with my Savior. Amen. And he isn't going to be upset one bit when I go to heaven. He's not going to be the first person I look up. Right. Jesus will be the first. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so let's close in 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians 5, 1-11. 1 Thessalonians 5, 1, you see it's familiar. But of the times and the seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh, cometh as a thief in the night. Read the odd with me through verse 11. For when they shall say, Peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as to avail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. Ye are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for an helmet the hope of salvation. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. 
Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also ye do. Every single attempt by man to produce global peace and unity failed. Amen. When we pray for world peace as Christians, we're praying for the return of Jesus. Amen. I mean, if you know what you're doing, and you say, Lord, we look forward to world peace, you're looking forward to the return of Jesus. <laughs> All I am saying is give Jesus a chance. He's going to be the one to bring it. As he's called in Isaiah 9, 6, the Prince of Peace. Amen. Yes. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this wonderful text and all the wonderful scriptures we read. And from cover to cover, it's all wonderful. But there's something just amazing to see how everything is coming to pass exactly as you have predicted it when we rightly divide the word of truth and keep it all in context and don't go off the deep end. We just let it speak and look at what is going on in the world and uh, as I said it's such a wonderful peace that we get knowing that your word is true when you say I will never leave you, thee nor forsake thee and it says that you those who hath the son hath life you tell us we have eternal life it's a possession that we have now it's eternal your word is true you deserve the glory and the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, let's sing a couple of songs here. Stand if you can. A couple of choruses here. Some of you, this might be familiar. I'll let you get your... Uh, He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. It took him just a week to make the moon and stars, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. How lovely and patient he must be. He's still working on me.
Hey, Greg, why don't you come down here for a minute? I got you something. What? I got you something. Can we do it offline? We yeah. 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 Okay. Raise your hands, Janie will collect those prayer cards, and uh, the online or send them to bbfohioprotonmail.com. So let's say goodbye to the onliners on three. One, two, three. See you here, there, or in the air.